For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Grace, mercy, and peace be with you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The end is nigh. In old movies, when the world was about to end, you would often see the poor old guy with the sandwich boards walking around times telling you, the end is near. Repent now. Jesus is coming. The world is going to end. And, you know, those often looked funny because we felt like the world was doing okay until kind of recently when for the last few years, I have increasingly been asked as a pastor, is this the end? Surely the signs are all there, and perhaps this is going to be the time, finally, after 2,022 years, plus or minus, Jesus is going to return and establish his kingdom. We have a land war in Europe, something which nobody really predicted a year and a half ago, and yet here we are. Threats of a significant military nature all over Asia. Nuclear saber rattling by Russia. Hey, we've got nuclear weapons. We could use them. And North Korea, interest rates higher than they've been in many of your lifetimes. I see a lot of young people here who cannot imagine that it actually costs a lot of money to get a loan. Inflation is still a thing. Gas could be up to liter by January. And then, of course, a coming climate catastrophe. That's just 2022. If you look back at 2020, many of you might remember the t-shirts that people were wearing. 2020, one star, do not recommend. That was two years ago. I can't put it any better than my favorite artist, Weird Al Yankovic, who talked about exploding trees, COVID-19, hurricanes with names past the letter Z, murder hornets coming from across the sea, and it's about World War III. He actually went on, and that was two years ago. Sometimes it looks like the end, really, this time, really is nigh. But if I might lean on the wisdom of Nick Fury from the Avengers, until such time as the world ends, we will act as though it intends to spin on. Or to use a quote attributed apocryphally to Martin Luther, he didn't actually say it, we're not quite sure who did. If the world were ending tomorrow, today, I would plant a tree. Now that's the point that Paul is trying to make to the Thessalonians. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. This is something he repeated over and over again. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy work, but busy bodies. Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. In other words, get out there and plant a tree. Now, what was the issue in Thessalonica? Why, why were there all these busybodies? Why were these people walking around in idleness? Well, they might not have had the guys with sandwich boards, but they'd heard the preaching of Paul and the other apostles. 
about the return of Christ, about his crucifixion for the sins of the world, his resurrection and ascension of the right hand of the Father, and that he was going to come again to judge the living and the dead. And they were pretty, pretty sure that that was going to happen any minute now. So why work? I mean, why not just be walking around warning everybody, hey, the world could end tomorrow, the world could end tonight, the world could end before lunch is over. What is the point of showing up and working and punching a time clock and writing yet another report or a statement on quarterly earnings or designing yet another bridge if it's not even going to last or never mind that, maybe never even be built. That was the problem with the Thessalonians. So Paul wrote to them and said, it could be tomorrow, it could be tonight, and it could be after lunch, but as for you, right now, go out, plant a tree. The thing with Christians, you see, is number one, we are clear-eyed about reality. We do know that the world is in bad shape. It was in bad shape 80 years ago. It was in bad shape 200 years ago. A thousand years ago, 2,000 years ago, in fact, it has basically been in bad shape ever since our first parents decided that obeying their own desire to be God was better than listening to the Lord's word. So Jesus says, look, this is the reality. There will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth, distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, but the powers of the heavens will be shaken. We are clear eyed about the fact that this is the state of the world. To use the old country song's words, I beg your pardon, says the Lord, I never promised you a rose garden, especially because of sin. Sin is really at the root of all of this destruction that we see around us. Personal sin, national sin, corporate sin, selfishness, inability to see beyond ourselves, a desire to put ourselves first and everyone else second, including God. And what we see out beyond these walls, and sometimes even within these walls, when we don't repair them as well as we should, is the result of sin. The very reason why God has to send his son, the very reason why there needs to be a reckoning and salvation brought to us. And so you can see that if you were to hear that message, week in, week out, reading these words of Jesus, you might ask yourself, why plant a tree? I'll never see it grow anyway. But then comes the second part of what Jesus teaches. When you hear of wars and tumults, not if you hear, when you hear of wars and tumults and insurrections and revolutions, do not be terrified, for these things must first take place, but the end will not be at once. Not a hair of your head will perish. And when these things begin to take place, straighten up. Raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. The very things that the world looks at and sees destruction, we look at and see, Lord Jesus, come and come quickly. 
Lord, we know that you have this in hand. Lord, we know that you will restore justice. Lord, we know that you will forgive our sins. Lord, we know that you will bring a new creation. Lord, we await your coming. We understand what we are going through. We wish it wasn't so, just as you prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane that this cup would pass from you. But we know that these things must take place. We wait upon you in faith. And while there is time, we'll plant a tree. You know, we were and are in trouble in the first place because of a tree. If you think about it. And we are saved from that very trouble also because of a tree. The tree of the cross, which is often referred to specifically as a tree in the book of Acts. And so planting a tree in the face of disaster and catastrophe and judgment seems very Christian somehow. That it's a commitment to our faith. That it's a profession of the fact that we know that this world, despite everything going wrong in it, is still held in the hands that have holes through them from his death on a tree 2,000 years ago. Now, you and I can easily panic. I deal with anxiety. Many in our family do. I'm often seen as the pessimist of the immediate family. And in the extended family, I rival my mother-in-law for pessimism. So we always need a counterbalance when we're together as a family. That's why we need Deb there. To kind of remind us of the sunny side of life, that things aren't always as terrible as Mom Carol and I think they sometimes are. With everything going on globally, never mind the things going on in our personal lives, fear of losing work or passing high school or getting into the university we want or losing parents or losing children, it's easy to panic. Things can be so bad, like many of the Thessalonians, we can become paralyzed and just say, well, what's the point of doing anything? In that moment, the Lord says to you and I, plant a tree. Trust me for the future. If you've trusted me for the past and you trust me for the present, then believe that whatever comes next, I will be there. Plant a tree. Yes, things are bad. Things may, in fact, get worse. And Jesus says, straighten up. Lift up your heads. Trust me, I know what's going on. Have faith in me. I have this all in hand. And whatever happens tomorrow, I am still going to be your Lord and Savior then, just as I am your Lord and Savior today. And so go on and go out there, plant a tree. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. We continue our worship this morning by joining our hearts and voices together in prayer to our Lord as his baptized priests. I invite you to rise. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For steadfastness, which will never pass away, that in these last days we may turn our eyes from the distress of this failing world and lift them to Christ, our help, and let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for ministers of the gospel and those who hear it gladly. We pray especially for all persecuted Christians, especially those in Iran, North Korea, China, India, Saudi Arabia, and elsewhere, and for those who have had to flee those countries for their lives, that they may be delivered from wicked and evil men and find a place to live safely, and for those who remain in those places be given a mouth and wisdom to confess Christ boldly and endure faithfully to the end. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the homes and businesses of this congregation, that according to the apostolic command, we may remain busy at work and not walk in idleness, see the fruits of our labors, and have hearts directed to the love of God and the steadfastness of Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For deliverance from fear, as we witness the signs of the times, that we would make sober judgment in the face of so many vexing concerns. And for the assurance that though the nations rage and the powers press against us, this is our opportunity to give witness to the word that does not change and to the mercy that is our hope in Christ. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those in affliction, we pray especially for Hudson, James Schoen's grandson. We pray for Larry, for Carrie, for Parweedy, 